0: Danny Lavery here, and I've got a special announcement for our listeners. Some of you know that I published my latest book in February. It's called Something That May Shock and Discredit You, and it's a collection of essays about pop culture, religion, and transition. Today, I wanted to let you know that for a limited time only, you can get a really good deal on the audiobook, which is read by me. Go to slate.com slash Danny. That's slate.com slash Danny. There's also a link in the show notes of this episode. The audiobook will cost you just $12.99. That's $5 off the list price. You will be hard-pressed to find a better deal on audiobooks that I have read. After you complete your purchase, you'll be able to listen to the audiobook in your preferred podcast player. That's right, the one you're using right now. There's no special app to download and no subscription fees. And there's one more thing you should know. This audiobook sale is brought to you by Slate. That means your purchase not only supports me, it also helps support the important journalism you depend on. So it's a win-win. You save money, and Slate makes money. If you've ever thought about checking out my book, there's never been a better time than now. This is a limited time promotion, so don't just sit there. Go to slate.com slash danny and buy it today. One more time, that's slate.com slash danny. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence.
1: Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear
2: Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini-episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Violet Allen, a science fiction writer based in Chicago. And now here's our first letter. Well, uh... We'll go to the other side of big secrets, which is what do you do when they've all come out? And uh, I think this next letter is all you to get to read.
2: Okay. The Subject is family secrets coming out. Dear Prudence, I married my husband after he lost his first wife, Sue. His children were both young at the time. For years, I thought Sue had no other family and died in a tragic accident. After my mother-in-law died, my husband got drunk and revealed the truth. Sue came from an abusive home, gave birth to twins at 17. One was stillborn. The other, she was pressured into giving up for adoption and cut ties with her entire family when she married my husband. They gave their children the same name she'd originally given her twins. She continued to struggle with depression, and her death was not an accident, but a suicide. My husband apparently destroyed the note she left behind and later made me swear to never tell another soul. I haven't, but my stepdaughter has recently taken an ancestry test and found out about her long-lost sibling. The children are all very confused and have been asking questions. My husband denies everything. Do I need to hold my tongue or tell the horrible truth? I don't know how digging up the dead 20 years afterwards can cause anything but harm. So yeah, I think she should definitely tell the children. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean,
1: sometimes it can be a useful rubric when you're considering whether to tell someone something of like, is it helpful? Is it honest? Is it kind? I know that's a very common like litmus test, but sometimes it's just important, you know? It's like, yes, everyone's gonna feel worse, but they need to know anyway. Sometimes it's better to know the bad thing. And and mostly, I just really, really want to stress, because I see some version of this in so many letters. If someone tells you a huge secret that you did not ask them to tell you, and then afterwards they say, don't tell anyone, you are not bound by that promise that they just thrust at you. Like unsolicited, life-changing secrets where afterwards someone says, and you can't tell, you get to decide if you can handle it. And if you can't, you get to say to that person, guilt-free, I'm not going to be able to keep this secret for you. You probably should have asked me first, but you didn't. You told me and I can't live with it. Sorry. Not sorry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're not bound by secrets just because someone says this is a secret. Like, no, that's not how secrets work. Right. And it's just like the cat is already halfway out of the bag.
1: I already helped raise these kids. I have a relationship with them independent of my relationship with you. And I now have this secret that I know is causing them actual ongoing pain. I'm not going to
2: keep it. Yeah. At this point it's not just omission. It's like they know they've taken the ancestry test. They know something is up. Like, yes, it's time to like just let it out. Yeah.
1: And and that's not to say I think that you need to say the thing about she actually died by suicide. I actually feel like that one you can hang on to, maybe talk it over with a therapist for a while. The thing that they just need to know is that she gave birth to twins under really painful circumstances and had to give them up for adoption and that you've only known this for a little while.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what, yeah, I mean, other stuff. Also, I think the fact that the father destroyed the note is maybe something that needs to be talked about. I, I mean, that's bad. <laughs> that's very bad. I, although yeah, I don't know what's in the not note. Good. So maybe, I don't know. This is a, this is a very messy situation. Yeah. No. And
1: like, I mean, I certainly have sympathy for the guy who was like dealing with raising young children after his wife's suicide. I mean, he, I I, I don't want to be like really angry with him for, for handling it imperfectly, but it's also clearly just not working for him. It's no longer working. The secret is done. They know that there's another kid. So I I think the thing to do, I, I would say it to the husband first. So he's not taken by surprise, but I would just basically say, you might really disagree, but I didn't agree to keep this part of the secret. I'm not going to. The kids already know. I'm going to do what I can to put their mind at ease. I'm also going to encourage them to ask you more questions. I think you should probably talk to a therapist about this, and I think you should consider being honest with the kids. I can't force you to do that, um, and I I respect that the thing about the note is, is, is your story to tell, but you shared something with me that I didn't ask for, and I'm not comfortable keeping the secret, and so I'm not going
2: to. That's it. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, the fact is, like, because of the test, there's a good chance that children are going to find that if you don't tell them what's up, they're going to find this person anyway. And you don't want them to find out that way as opposed to just being told. So at this point, I think that's really true. They have to be told.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would stress that to the husband as well. If, like, they're going to keep asking these questions. If they can't get anything from you, they will probably reach out to her family of origin. You you know, I only know about them secondhand. What I know about them secondhand suggests to me it will not do the kids any good to be in touch with them. I think it would be really good for you to start giving them answers so that they don't do that. But again, you know, he can't, Force them not to. Um, They may decide, even if they hear about the abusive nature of her family of origin, that they still want to get in touch. And you'll have to talk about how are we going to deal with that emotionally. And so again, find a therapist, find one now, like he should have found one 20 years ago. So this one's way overdue. Um, There's going to be a lot that's coming up, but yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of it. It's already out. It's going to get more out. The one thing that I think you can hold back on is the suicide note that can just wait a little while. That's not as pressing or urgent. That's not what people are asking questions about. And and that's just complicated. Yeah. It's not, sorry, it's not complicated. Some people will say complicated when they meet is like sad.
2: Yeah. I I, I think I've done sad. that during this call. So yeah, it's, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, a, yeah, the, the, the last sentence of, I don't see how it can cause anything but harm. Well, you know, there's also the harm that like intentional, like obfuscation and avoidance and evasiveness, and you don't get to know this thing about your parents, your other parent. That's also harmful, especially when you have evidence from one of those terrible online ancestry tests that it's not true. Like that's also harmful. And so while the truth is sad, um, and you cannot change that, um, feeling at least like you're getting real answers is not necessarily harmful.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, you're, at this point, like you're choosing between different forms of "quote unquote" harm. I mean, I wouldn't call it harmful to tell them the truth, but they're going to be sad probably. So you're right. you're choosing how they are going to be sad, and. Yeah. And I I also just like the obfuscating and the withholding, like at least for me in family situations, even relatively benign stuff, it sucks to be withheld on that. Right. I'm adopted. I didn't find out I was adopted until I was like 10. Um, And that's a pretty minor like secret because it was like, you know, it was fine, but it's still like hurt to find out that oh everyone's been lying to me for like 10 years and the longer you wait and hold out on this kind of thing the worse it will be when they find out and it's already reached a point where your hand is kind of forced anyway so you might as well just do it
1: um yeah i don't want to draw too many comparisons to my own experience in part because there's just not a one-to-one comparison here. And the thing that my family was withholding from me was not the same as an extra kid. Um, uh, But, you know, I can pretty categorically say when I finally learned what everyone was withholding from me in my family, uh, it caused harm. Nothing about it was good, but I'd so much rather know than not know, you know? Like, there's no part of me that wishes, oh, I wish I could go back to when I didn't know. And I thought we had the same values and that we all cared about, like, the safety of children in the same way. Like, I'll take the harm. I want the honest harm. I want the honest estrangement. Um, I want to know that I was able to end their, you know, conspiracy to make sure that my brother continued to have access to children. Like, I'm really, really glad that I went through the pain because the alternative was f- a fucking lie.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's. Ignorance is not as nice as we pretended to be, like you pull off the Band-Aid. I think we're in agreement on this one. It's pretty, yeah, just tell them.
1: yeah, sometimes the the, the truth is important because then you know what to mourn, and that's the best thing the truth can give you. So this last one, I honestly almost thought it was like a a false flag. <laughs> Like it was some really out there idea of like what might, you know, supposedly progressive people fight about amongst themselves. Um, But I I also think that it's possible that people who consider themselves progressive might say and do these things because their reaction to like basic accommodations or like regular questions is like, well, I don't know the rules. This might be
2: totally, totally not okay. I don't know. It rang true to me based on my experience. With living in an anarchist house when I was like 22. (laughs) So, like, I can see this. I can see
1: this. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to hear more about that anarchist house later, by the way. (laughs) I will save all my future questions from anarchists for you. So, the subject is I can't believe it's not cultural appropriation. Dear Prudence, my daughter is very lucky with a very diverse group of amazing friends. She turns 10 in November and wanted to do henna. We're Indian. We booked a session with a family friend who agreed to do it outside, masked, and in accordance with social distancing. Then the plan was to get pizza and have a sleepover. My daughter was excited and told her friends the plans over text. Then I heard from my daughter that Sandy's mother said she wasn't comfortable with Sandy getting henna because it would be appropriating Indian culture. I was confused, so I called Sandy's mom. They're black, if that matters, and reiterated that my husband was born in India, as were my parents' that we were totally cool with it, and that our friend was even going to teach the girls a little history behind henna as an art form. But Sandy's mom was adamant, saying she was uncomfortable with the cultural appropriation. I dropped it, thinking that just the one girl wouldn't come to the party, but then my daughter came to me crying after a Zoom call with all of her friends. Apparently, Sandy's mom had called the other girl's parents, and now no one was, quote, allowed to go to the henna party. I called each parent and tried to explain there was nothing offensive about getting henna at an invite-only family celebration, but... They all said they were uncomfortable that they might be offending someone and that Sandy's mom said that if we took any pictures at the party, that they may be used against the girls later in life when applying to colleges or getting jobs. I was pretty stunned. Of course, they can make whatever decisions they want, but my daughter is heartbroken. She says that she hates being Indian and now she's acting
2: out. Where do I go from here? Boy, oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I will say, I did say that It rings true. It could also still be a false flag, absolutely. But (laughs) assuming it's not, I mean, I think this is just a power move by this lady. It has nothing to actually do with cultural appropriation. It's just that she wants to be queen of the moms. Yeah, yeah. And she wants to convince them all that they'll get in
1: trouble if they go to your party. And I I have to say, like, when I read this, my first concern had nothing to do with Henna and everything to do with, like, how are you going to have a masked sleepover pizza party where everyone's appropriately socially distancing the whole time? Like that to me seems unrealistic. Oh, I missed the sleepover detail. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. They were going to eat pizza together and have a sleepover. And I'm just like,
2: don't do that. They're
1: they're all, you know, even if you're masked indoors still has a a much more serious uh, risk of transmission, and and the idea that you're going to be able to get a bunch of 10-year-olds to keep on their masks all night and stay six feet away from each other at all times is just – I don't know how that's going to happen. And unless you're all in, like, really carefully modulated uh, groups, that, that might be the riskier thing right now anyways. Sorry, that feels like such a downer. Like, you're already dealing with this, like, weird social coup, and I'm like, you shouldn't even have tried to have a party in the yeah, first
2: place. this party is ill-conceived, <laughs> but yeah – that seems like not great. I missed this. Yeah. I mean, understandably, you missed it,
1: Violet, because like the rest of it is pretty, pretty nuts. It's like that thing of like, oh, we're so progressive, we're accidentally racist again. Oh, yeah. Where it's exactly. just like any invitation to learn more about somebody else's culture is inherently suspect. And we should just all keep to ourselves because it's all bad and it's all evil. And there's no way for us to interact or like learn from one another or share a, a, an event um, that's not just so bad and fraught and we're all going to get in trouble that would like the best thing to do is not be friends with this girl or go to her parties.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's so absurd. That's why I think if it is real, it's just like a pure power move of just like, I want to be in charge of like, like creating power by sort of like, I control this. I, I shame the people who are participating in this thing whether it's actually legitimate or not irrelevant yeah. to my whole like that's why it's sort of like I'm sure, like it would be pretty easy to explain why this isn't like actually cultural appropriation right like they're indian they're the ones doing it you can't just be like you can't declare someone else is appropriating their own culture it's like so absurd that it just seems like this mom wants to, like, be in control of the mom group, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the idea that, like, anyone has ever lost a job because someone saw a picture of them 10 years old getting henna is just, like, to again, to me, that's such an overstatement of, like, some people have lost their jobs because, like, two years ago there was a picture of them dressing up as a different nationality, as a joke. Do you really not see a difference between that and a bunch of kids learning about henna from a woman who's like practiced in the art it's her background and she wants them to learn some more about it at a specific party like you really if if you were to try to have that conversation with the other parents and they still pretended like i don't see the difference between that and like dressing up as somebody of another race as a joke because it would be so funny to to me that would that would suggest that they are um trying to make any claims about like racism or cultural appropriation seem ridiculous by overreacting. Right. You know, it's like this version of like, we can't say anything these days. Like you you probably just can't even have friends whose parents are from India because they're so sensitive about racism that they might say you should come to a party. And then 20 years later, if you want to get a job as an accountant, they're going to call up your boss and say, don't hire her one time. I taught her about henna. Like, that's to me what it feels like the other parents are saying.
2: Yeah. Or just that, like, they are so completely ignorant of issues of race that they will automatically glom onto the one that seems the most like extreme, I guess. Or just like the one that's saying, like, the one most built on like shame and not doing a thing, versus like being invited, being literally invited in to someone else's culture. Yeah,
1: for for a very specific celebration, exactly. Um, and it will wash off, and they don't have to take pictures if you're really that concerned. So, I, I guess you know we've established I think pretty solidly that neither you nor I think that this is a real problem or that they have a good reason to be skeptical or, or not want to come. But so then the question is like, what do you do? What do you do when you have a kid who's heartbroken and upset and is kind of blaming you? Um, and then what do you do with the other parents? Where do you start? Do you focus with the kid? Do you focus with the non-Sandy parent, like the kids who aren't Sandy's mom? Do you start with Sandy's mom? Cause she's kind of the instigator. What do you do?
2: Yeah. I think that's where it gets difficult because like, you know, if this were just like my friends i'd be just like okay bye you're not my friends but y- your kid has friends and they're you have to deal with their parents and you can't just like blow them off i guess i would talk to the daughter and i mean it's if it's true that she's like acting out and feeling like bad about her culture then definitely talk to her about that and like yeah Really work on that. I feel like that's the number one like issue here. That really makes sense because it was like the daughter was like, I want to have this party.
1: I want to show my friends about henna. And the reaction was like, no, we can't learn about it. It's bad and shameful and wrong. Like Even if they would claim like, no, 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 I wasn't doing it for racist reasons. I was doing it for super, super not racist reasons. That's so close to racism. It looks like racism. Like what happened was she wanted to share something about her background with her friends and they all said, we can't, it's wrong. And so the hurt makes sense to me. And I think to do some sort of mix of both, I really, really get why you're hurt. And here's why I think your friend's parents are in the wrong here. And this is like an example to kind of point out sometimes like a one person can lead everyone to rejecting someone else. Um, And it doesn't mean that that thing is bad. It means that, you know, this happens in middle school. There's something that can get seized on is like everyone like stay away from this kid. Um, And I think that's, a version of what's going on here. But then beyond that, you know, I think the, the best thing to probably do is let the party go for now or find a different way to celebrate her birthday. That's not a sleepover. It's not, um, just a version of this thing that's fallen apart. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was wondering, like, I mean, ignoring the fact that they shouldn't do this for COVID reasons, Mm-hmm. Would it be good to just have like a quote unquote normal sleepover pizza party? Cause that feels that feels bad to me, but I feel like that might be the at least in the short term, it would make the daughter feel better. I don't know. That's a, this is very much a I don't know the answer to this question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and the question is sort of like if if Sandy's mom is now telling everyone like, don't go to any party that you're throwing or don't talk to her, that would be a really separate issue. Whereas if it was just that thing and you could find a way to kind of work around it, that might be worth dropping at least somewhat. So I I guess the first thing to do is to talk to your kid and to explain both why like what her friends parents are doing is wrong and also letting her know that you love her and she you have her back and you're not going to like try to force her to do it as like a show of like we're going to do what's right no matter what I don't care how embarrassed you are as a 10 year old like we're going to do the henna thing and like show everybody so you you can maybe also like check in with her and see what sounds good to her and it may be that she wants to do something really low-key you know she says like I don't want to do anything I don't want to celebrate my birthday I think you can push back a little and say like, well, we're going to get you like a book or something, you know, something. <laughs> but but see how she's doing and maybe ask like, what can I do? You know, would it be helpful for you to talk to their parents again? Do you want us to just leave it for a little while? Um, not that you have to do just everything that she says, especially if she's in a moment where she's acting out, but like if she's feeling really, the focus of bad attention or if she's feeling really monitored by her friends and and you ask her like what do you need and she says like i kind of want to just want to fade in the background for a little while um you can incorporate that i think into into how you help her and figure out how do we both like. Talk to her about what appropriation is and isn't, and what it means to try to share something with other people, and why that's nothing to be ashamed of. And and we can also do that without saying like we're going to prove a point. We're going to invite everyone in your school over. You're going to get Hannah in front of all your classmates, and uh, it will be the most embarrassing day of your life. Like you don't have to do that either.
2: Yeah, I agree. There is one thing that maybe mm-hmm. we should discuss briefly. Which is just going the other direction and out social justiceing this, this person. Like oh, pulling a reverse on. power move. Like just straight up that saying that this is like cultural imperialism, that you're enforcing Western norms of cultural appropriation on them. You know, get some post-colonial mm. feminism in there. I don't think that's a good mm. idea. But that would stir the pot. In a very satisfying way to imagine.
1: You can send home a copy of Edward Said with everyone as a party favor.
2: Exactly. There's so much you could do if you want to, like, really take it to this mom on who is the alpha mom. It
1: would be absolutely uh, a, a big power move, and I like that we're going out on a big power move. I, li- I like that that possibility. Even if even if the letter writer doesn't take it, it's fun to imagine.
2: Yeah, That's don't sort of do thing. this, but it's fun to imagine. Yeah.